obviously every week, man, we just keep throwing names out of guys who got hurt, you know, and I think the thing that we have to emphasize a little bit more now, guys, is because of what happened to a couple weeks ago, the concussion protocol changed. So when guys get taken out of a game, they're not just out that game. It doesn't seem like they're making it back for the next week. So there's a couple guys we got to keep an eye on right now. It's Kenny Pickett. <clears throat> he went out with a concussion. I don't think he'll, he'll play this week. I haven't heard anything. He may be out of concussion protocol, but might not able to play. I don't know how this thing works yet. It's just really strange, guys. So we got to keep an eye on that just because of when we record. Cameron Brake, scary injury. They carted him off. They took his face mask off, you know, pinned his head down to the board, that kind of thing. But he was moving all his extremities. They just did his precaution. You know, he's doing fine. J.K. Dobbins hurt his knee, you know, and he, you know, hurt himself last last year as well. And depending on how his knee feels going forward, they're just going to limit him. And I think they tried to ramp him up a little bit too fast, and he ramped himself up. Randall Cobb was really close to being out for the year. They thought they were going to do surgery on his ankle. It looks like he's going to be back, but probably more towards the end of the year. So, I mean, he's not going to be right. You know, let's put it that way. He doesn't have any speed left anyway. He's like 60 years old. So, you know, Carson Wentz is going to be out for four or five weeks, broke his finger, you know, throwing the ball, which I don't think is going to hurt him. I think Heineke's probably going to do better anyway. They're probably looking for an excuse to start Heineke. You know, and lastly on our list is Marquise Brown. You know, he went up for a ball, came down a little awkward on his foot. You know, ended up said, thought they, he broke a couple bones in there, really didn't break him severely. More fractures, so he's not on season ending, but he's pretty close to it. They wanted to have surgery. I think they decided not to. Anyway, he's just about done for the year. So, I mean, that that's, you know, a lot of guys going down again, plus guys that were still out from the week before, don't know Olave's status. You know, you still got Jameis Winston all fucked up over there. So there's a lot of guys that are hurt. Don't know Dak's progress and what he's doing. All right, guys, go ahead and chime in. Who do you think has the biggest effect on their team with the injury report going this week, week seven? Well, of course, everybody that you named is a big impact if they can't play. Who we didn't mention just as of Monday night is Russ has a hamstring injury that required an MRI and from what we're hearing, it's a pain tolerance type thing, but it could get worse, right? The last thing you want is that 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 hamstring coming off the bone. Plus, he already has the torn lat. Plus, he's already playing like shit. So, I mean, Rippin is their second stringer. I don't think they're prepared or if they are even, even want to see what their offense looks like with a second stringer if they can't get it on board with the first stringer. And the reason why we know all this is because we've seen every single Broncos game that's been available all, all season. So I would say right now, Russ is probably that that's the most crucial one just because of the hype plus what everybody expects the offense to do. So if Russ can is limited in any way, it's only going to limit that offense. It's going to limit all the fantasy weapons that he has that a lot of people put a lot of draft capital in. Good point. And obviously we, I, we didn't have it up in our notes, but I think that's probably the biggest one as well. T, who do you think is going to be affect their team and have the biggest effect on what's going on forward in fantasy for the rest of their team? All right, hear me out, guys. I don't necessarily think this is going to be a negative effect for the team. I think this could positively affect the team. And I'm got to go with Carson Wentz. If he can't go, 
you got a guy that is, he's the perennial backup. He comes in, electrifies the crowd, electrifies the team over there. Heineke, I mean, this guy, I don't know, he's Rudy. I mean, this guy is awesome over there. He he just gets guys going and motivates him. He just gets guys wanting to play hard for him for whatever reason. I'm not saying that he's, you know, he's a must get off of your waiver wires or anything like that. But for me, I really think that this could really help add that spark to that offense that's really been missing right now. So I got to say Carson Wentz, but not in the way that we would normally think. No, good point, T. I mean, way to flip it, you know, and that's a 180. Sometimes they're injuries have a positive effect on other guys so i think the thing that is sort of relevant now and understandable is that you know cooper rush taylor heineke same kind of guy they'll come in and give you three or four and after that you'll figure them out and ain't gonna win a fucking thing and that's what happened to taylor heineke last year they gave him the ball the whole year basically fitzpatrick blew out his hip or whatever the first week first or second week he had the whole season and he really couldn't do shit. You know, he is who we thought he was, right? So, I mean, it is what it is, guys. And a lot of injuries, and they'll always be stacking up and piling up like chips. So I'm sure we'll always have something to talk about every week. But that being said, we're going to go ahead and move into our waiver wire. Pretty, you know, this is a, I mean, it's it's a relevant part of our show because every week you got to stay on top of new guys and who they are and what they are and who can help you because obviously with all these injuries guys going down you got to start making moves on your roster you're gonna run out of guys to play you know and then the guys you do have who you drafted (laughs) they're sucking balls so what are you gonna do right especially if you look at t's lineups and his rosters you know i'm just saying so let's go ahead and go through our waiver wire pickups for week seven, who we think are fantasy relevant and why. Bombo, go ahead and lead us off. Who's your waiver wire pickup week seven? So some of you experienced fantasiers and some of you who are just dump, jumping in now, maybe this is your first year. Let me give you a little lingo. So what I like to do is called an IR tryout. So if you are in the league that has an IR spot reserved for anyone that has been designated out or has been designated not being able to participate in the game that week, you can pick a guy up right off of the waiver wire into that IR spot. I picked up Greg Dulcich this week right into an IR spot because I listened to the Double I show, Fantasy Island, and I know that he's been talked up and everybody knows what the guy can do. And it also helps that I've seen this guy play all, all of his home college games in our neck of the woods here in Southern California at UCLA, A-Clap. And I just knew the talent and I'm letting everybody else know, go out and get Greg Dulcich off of your waiver wire if he's available, if somebody dare try out him in your league. And really what it comes down to is when it comes to the fantasy tight end position, we say it every week, you have Mark Andrews, you have Travis Kelsey. And then from there, it's just a crap suit. You can take a safe bet because you got guys coming up on bye weeks right now, right? And with bye weeks start starting, you want to make sure that you replace your tight end. Now, you could either replace your tight end with somebody that's going to get you that same four points that your other tight end's been getting, or you can go with a high upside and just look at the trend, right? So so guys that are like Greg Dulcich, once they get the opportunity that he was given, and we're talking about being in the game in 80% of their pass routes, being in the game in the la- in all two-minute drills, I want to say there may have been three people that got an end zone target, and he was in 
he was one of them and he this is the first game that he played in a real limited offense in a real limited setting he still was able to shine two catches for 44 yards and a touchdown on three targets two of those targets were were four touchdowns he could have had another so you can go out there and get yourself a Robert Tanyan or get yourself an Herb Smith who could get you two or three points, maybe a touchdown to get you into double digits. Or you could potentially go out there and get yourself the next George Kittle, get yourself the next TJ Hawkinson, somebody that can just do things once he gets the ball in his hand besides just fall to the ground for you know after getting tackled. He's going to look to get extra yards. And I think he may be the spark that this offense is missing. This offense is missing a lot, but it, adding another offensive element that you know, could break the bank, doesn't hurt. So put in a claim for him, especially if you're hurting that tight end and you just want to, you know, roll the dice. I like the pick, Bombo. You know, obviously, you know, this guy's definitely, he's got speed up. He he can just fly, especially for his size, you know. And it, it doesn't look like Russ can throw the deep ball this year. Something's wrong. His lat now is hammy. He can't, you know, throw through the ball. But maybe that intermediate step will work better for him. You know, and that's where Dulcich will come in and he'll be able to, you know, take a 20-yard pass and run another 20 or 30 yards. You know, the guy's big, strong, fast, young, and it was his first game action. He hadn't played in any games, so to get targeted like he did and what he did I think is a great thing. And the other part is Albert O. What's going on with Albert O, man? That dude they disappeared. A, they made him a healthy he scratch. He was a healthy scratch last week. So he's really disappointing the new coaching staff. The new coaching staff is really down on Alberto. They're just waiting for Dulcich to come in. And it's like you said, that might be the missing part in their offense that they need. You know, that they really feel is a key component to what's going on. And now you plug this kid in and it's going to open up everything for everything else. And we're going to see a lot of, you know, positive upside with this. But great pick. What do you think, T? You waiver wire week seven. On my week seven waiver wire has got to be one Dale Robinson. All right. This guy is only rostered on 8% of fantasy rosters, guys. I know nobody really knows who he is, but think about this. He plays for the New York Giants. They have no receiving core. Absolutely no receiving core. This guy is a perfect slot receiver. This past week, He only had four targets, only caught three balls for 37 yards, but he also got a touchdown. This kid is special. He's going to emerge as something really, really big for this offense. He was hurt the week before. You start integrating him into this offense, have to throw the ball. They can't just go hand it off to Saquon every single time. This kid is going to be a very big emerging part of this offense. He's going to be able to get those targets eventually. Right now, he's not seeing them, but he's definitely one of those waiver wire pickups that you're going to stash, you're going to sit. And I'm saying probably by, you know, later on in the year, we're probably talking week 10, 11, and you're going to start seeing him emerge as that number one type of go receiver for Daniel Jones. And I really think this guy is going to start to shine. I mean, I think he's a good pickup for your bench and if you need to fill him in, you know, the next couple of weeks. But I think long term, he really doesn't stand a chance there. He's a smaller guy. He's a rookie. I think you got Richie James there. He's still ahead of him. You got Kadarius Tony, if he can ever get on the field, has three, four times as much talent as either one of those two guys. So I think it's going to be tough for him. But I think as a short term, if you need to plug in somebody this week or something, I might take a flyer on a one Dale. What do you think, Bombo? I think that 
So you, you would look at whatever Sterling Shepard, whatever his fantasy output was going to be, whatever you were thinking it was going to be, and you could easily transfer it over to Wondell Robinson. Same type of guy. I think he was he was drafted as his replacement. The thing was they weren't expecting Sterling Shepard to all of a sudden have that burst back like he did with half of an Achilles and a quarter of a knee, but he did. Too bad he blew out the other leg. But I think mm-hmm. that the right. that they don't they really just need to open up the playbook and just look at everything that was designed for Sterling Shepard and give it to Wanda Robinson, which is kind of the lazy way of bringing him aboard. But I think what the one thing that is going for him, and I agree, he's somebody that that's a good depth piece that you could use when you have somebody on on a buy. But let's while he's on your bench, let him ball out a little bit, right? Let's see let's see if it could happen because I think that. The Giants are playing really inspired football and they're going to be playing above their skill level going forward because right now they think they could beat anybody. And that's and, the best and thing T, that's going for them. And, and T, to answer your question, you know, you asked the question, they, they can't hand the ball off to Saquon every play, right? No, they'll throw the ball to him too. So, yeah, that's, I mean, he's in their <laughs> offense, bro. He, I'm waiting for him to throw one because he's been in the Wildcat I mean, five, at least five times been. a game. He, he has you been. You know what I mean? So he he's their offense. So, I mean, it's well, tough for really anybody else, you know. And it unfortunately, is, but- they're receiving cores of shambles. Their quarterback has no weapons. So it's just, it's a clusterfuck for that guy out there. And they try, they're trying to sort of make some kind of judgment on him for the long term. And it's hard when you don't have any weapons, man. You know, a la Justin Fields, a la a couple other guys who just wallow because there's really dog shit there on the outside. But I mean, five and one, they're five and one, five and one, exactly, exactly. That's what I'm like. I want to, I want to, I want to be glasses half full when it comes to the Giants and say that maybe if they get it together, they could add a passing element to that game. And right now I wasn't even expecting to be five and one. So you never know what might happen with them. They're, they're, they're know an the intriguing team between AFC or NFC of who they played. But if they played more NFC teams, that just shows you how bad the fucking NFC is this year. Yeah, hey, I just, I'm thinking, okay, but think about the, the Giants Packers the every playoff. week. Like, can they beat someone in the playoffs? Hell no. Hey, Hey, I'm just going to say no. this. The great bill Parcells, you are what your record is. Well, yeah, I know, but they beat the Bears. They barely beat the Bears. They, they're beating dog shit, dude. Anyway, I'm, they got the dog shit schedule. Brian Dable got lucky. But, all right, man, so that's going to move into my waiver wire pickup for this week. And it's, you know, someone we talked about, obviously we talked about injuries creating bigger opportunities or opportunities for guys. And, you know, mine is Rondell Moore from Arizona, wide receiver. I think he's got elite speed. I think up there with Tyreek Hill's speed. He's not built the same. He's a little more smallish. He's not as thick as Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill seems like his body can take a little bit more punishment. This guy seems a little bit more on the frailer side, frailer side. But I mean, he he he's he's fast as heck. And when he gets the ball, man, he just balls out. He didn't play the first four weeks or first three weeks, but he played in week four. You know, they limited him. He got three catches on five targets, really short passes across the line, didn't get much. And they're sort of ramping him up every week. His best production was 68 yards receiving. His targets have gone up every week. So the first week back, he got five targets. Second week back, he got eight targets. Last week back, he got 10 targets. But remember, when Marquise Brown went out, he got a lot of those targets, and now he was double teamed. Because they had nothing else. You got AJ Green, he's running a seven flat 40 out there. 
You know what I mean? This guy's worse than Allen Robinson, bro. He's really bad. Those guys should be on a team. Fuck, holy smokes, man. Imagine those guys. But I'm just saying, yeah, they, with Matt Ryan, their quarterback. Oh, my gosh. But I just think Rondell Moore, he's going to have a, a couple huge games. He's going to have a couple other pretty decent games. So if you need someone to fill in that flex spot or really pump up right now, might as well go for it because he's going to fill in that Marquise Brown role. But my waiver wire pickup, Rondell Moore, wide receiver, Arizona Cardinals. I agree with you, King. One one slight tweak to what you said. I don't think he's going to take over the Hollywood Brown role. I think that's going to be hopefully if they if he can get, learn the playbook, it'll be Robbie Anderson and Rondell Moore is going to take over the Rondell Moore role. What they're going to they're going to find more creative ways to get him the ball because he's he's like the perfect gadget got college player and this is like the college offense that they're going to want to run so we're going to see way more bubble screens to him we're going to see ways to get him you know jet sweeps to get him the ball and like you said man if if he has a little bit of space that's already too much he's gone can't catch him but jump on him right now because i'm guaranteed there's other people that are probably looking at him on your waiver wire so check out your your waiver priority and see if you can get him and if you really want to make sure you get that guy if you know for a fact somebody else is going to get him, already have a trade in mind because I think it's someone that you can add to your offense and he can contribute immediately. And like we talked about with Wanda Robinson, even if you don't throw him in your starting lineup, let him ball out on your bench. Absolutely. It's point avoidance. You know, that way, you know, those points aren't scored by somebody else, especially the motherfucker not playing you. You know what I mean? That's what you want. So, no, I think that, you know, I mean all these guys have really good value. And I think, you know, we talk about it pre-show and we put these names out there and we have our list and we have our guys and it's hard, you know, cause we're trying to pick the best guys that'll be fantasy relevant and who's been hurt and how many of these guys have been hurt. You know, obviously running backs are at a premium and it's harder to pick those guys. But when they come up, man, we throw them out there, you know, the week before last, obviously whatever, but the guy balled out. My waiver wire was Kenneth Walker, right? Right after Rashad Penny. And like I said, even in some guys in some leagues, they just drafted him and they've been stashing him, waiting for this opportunity, you know? So, I mean, it is what it is, you know? And it, it, the other thing, guys, is, is just remember that these guys just, you know, temper your expectation. One game is not a season. Their first game is not a season. And don't give up on them if they have a couple shit games in a row. They're rookies. They're young. Especially if they're getting fucking, you know, 10 guys in a box and shit. What can they do? This isn't college anymore. You're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. Okay? It's very different. So I think, you know, with that, I think one of the things that we want to close up with and talk about, too, is our DFS. You know, we are under construction right now, folks, and we're doing some things to our DFS to make it better for you. You know, we've been listening to it, and we feel as a group that, you know, we need to put a better product out there for you. So right now, we're really not going to get into our DFS, but next week, we promise to have something lined up for you and get right back into it for the rest of the year, right? So I think we've been going, you know, for a while, guys. I think the show was really good. We had some good content. Let's go ahead and close it up with some closing thoughts. Bombo, you're up because I think T's going to take all the time. You're up now. I'll try to make it short for T. Sticking with the waiver wire and what you were just saying, uh, shout out to us for not picking Kenyon Drake as someone to pick up. Hear me out. 
don't chase the points, folks. I mean, we're we're some seasoned pros here. We suck ass sometimes, but we we like to believe we know what we're talking about. Hear me out. Don't chase the points. Chase the trends. Do you know? Do your own research and figure it out. That that game, that hundred seventeen yard game from him. There's a Baltimore running back off the street that does that every year. And someone will pick him up. It was Tyson Williams. It was Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray. You know, this is how I, very rarely does it turn into a Gus Edwards type thing. But even Gus Edwards wasn't Gus Edwards until he became Gus Edwards, right? So shout out to us for not telling you to pick up Kenyon Drake. Don't chase the points. I know that some of these guys, if it, if anything, let your league mates that are addicted to names and are addicted to watching Red Zone and just seeing the highlights, let them pick those guys up. You do your own research and then you find those gems that are kind of hidden. It's kind of like these real GMs that are able to find gems in the sixth and seventh rounds of real NFL drafts. Let these other guys look at the top of the waiver wire and pick those guys off because ESPN projected them to go nuts. Let Do your research. Don't chase the points. Trust me, it'll pay off for you in the long run. And they got to listen to us, Bombo. That's what it is, man. Don't listen to all that other trash, ESPN, fucking CBS Sports. Those guys are paid Yahoo to be wrong sports. a lot. FanDuel. They're Who paid those guys? very well. You got to be listening to Fantasy Island, Fantasy Pros, man. That's us right here, guys. What exactly. am I talking about? Don't, don't, don't listen to the guys that put Denver on TV five weeks in a row. That's what I'm talking about. No, NFL. they got they got plenty. They got plenty more coming too. It's 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 hey, insane. Don't remind us, dude. Our stomachs are just settling down from the last game. Key <laughs> closing thoughts. All right. So my closing thoughts. I'm gonna keep this really short. I just want to say I I want to wish Tua a very healthy return. All indications are showing that he's going to be the starter this week. And he was having a fantastic season before he got hurt. And I really want to see this guy do well. I want to see what his potential could be, what it was looking at. That trend was going up. Really love to see the balling, you know, that was going on over there in Miami. And I really want to see him back healthy and playing at the level that he was before he got hurt. So I'm really excited to see him jump back on the field. I really want to wish him well, even though he's not listening to this. Who knows? Somebody might clip it and send it to him. Hey, cool. My other my other point that I want to make before we sign off there, guys, is I got to hand it over to King. Last week, King, every single point that he said was spot on. And if you didn't listen to last week's shows, you know, the different clips, you got to go back and listen to it because King was on fucking fire. All right. I don't like to admit it. I never like to give him any kind of props because his head just gets bigger and bigger and he could barely fit through a door as it is. But I got to say, when he's on, he's on. And last week, his shit was on point. So King, hats off to fucking you. No, I appreciate that, T, you know, but it's like I said, look, I'm going to have those weeks. You're going to have those weeks. Bombo's going to have those weeks because we do our homework. We're watching games. We're watching these guys. We're seeing the trends. We're looking a little bit deeper, right? When we talk about our starts, not just looking at the guy who balled out by his name, but who's he really playing? You know, look at our sits. You know, we're looking at the matchups. Who are they playing, right? And, and sometimes it's easy that way, and it's, you know, 
But guys don't look at it that way, and we wanted to show them that. And that's what we're showing them. So, you know, I know we talked about that pre-show, and, you know, you guys were a little excited that I did good, but, man, I'm just, I'm not about that. I'm not into sucking my own cack, you know, like other people on this, you know, show, T. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? I didn't mention any names, T, just mentioning letters. But, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, and heavy is the head that wears the crown, bro. That's all I got to say. You know, and sometimes it's good to be the king. Sometimes it's a burden, bro, and it's a curse. So with that, we're closing up. Great show, guys. Thanks. We are out. Peace.